This episode is brought to you by Splash Refresher. I believe in the three beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash, they spice it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. My flavor that I've been enjoying the most lately is the wild berry. Keep one on your desk. You'll be hydrated in no time. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches Media presents Ha ha, laugh, funny Mention it all A Bravo by Betches podcast We don't say that, but now we said it With Dylan Hafer Well, go check me, boo Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mention It All podcast. I am Dylan Hafer, and I am thrilled to be joined on this Monday afternoon by a good friend of mine, an acclaimed writer, and the author of Not All Diamonds and Rosé. Please welcome back to the podcast, Dave Quinn. Hello. Hello, Dylan. How are you this morning? I is it morning for you? It's not morning for me. <laughs> it's nighttime for me at this point. We were up very early. <laughs> I slept like a baby knowing that I was going to miss the first few hours of Queen's funeral coverage, but I know that you were awake. I don't yes. not even bright and early. Dark dark and early this morning. Dark and early. Yeah, you know, I've been covering it all. It's so funny it, it, all of the major events that I've had to cover in my career uh that have to do with anything that's happened with the monarchy always ends up being in like the dead of night. Like I think about the the weddings and now this funeral, so it's uh it's exhausting. <laughs> It's really rude of them to not take North American time into consideration. Can't you just do your events in the afternoon and then we could, you know, do a little breakfast moment (laughs) while you're watching? Uh, I mean, let's talk about it. That's exactly the sort of change I need to see from King Charles. I was was a little disappointed not to see any Bravo celebrities getting an invite to the state funeral. I mean, I don't know who I really expected to be there, but Sandra Oh and Bear Grylls were about (laughs) the best we could do. I am truly surprised Dorinda didn't find a way in. I feel like she knows a lot of the parties at hand, and I could have seen Dorinda be there. And I'm also surprised that – like, don't you expect Sonia to be there? I mean (laughs) – in my in my fantasy world, I expect Sonia to be there, like, you know, sharing a tender moment with Camilla or something. But, like, in the real world, knowing yeah. what I know about Sonia's, like, <laughs> standing in that world, which I think is kind of non-existent at this point, like, it was a pretty – there weren't very many celebrities or people like that at the funeral. It really was a pretty, like, you're a royalty or a government figure, and that's how you're getting invited. Right. It was simple and long and lots of uh, choir boys singing songs that just endlessly it felt like I, w- I was never going to get escape from. <sighs> yeah, those um, <laughs> those Church of England services aren't very yeah. rowdy. <laughs> Oof. Oof, Oof. It reminds me when I was in high school, uh, we went on a, a beautiful pilgrimage to, to Rome. I went to a Catholic school and we were there for Holy Week and we went for four days. We had mass with the Pope, private masses with the Pope. It was incredible. And this is OG Pope. This is John Paul II. This is like good Pope. You know what I mean? Famously the first Pope, yeah, uh, John Paul II. Exactly. <laughs> the only Pope that I ever knew before. <laughs> um, and I fell asleep in, in almost every one of those. They were like four-hour masses in a variety of languages. It's just at a certain point, these long traditions, you just end up being snoozy. So I was, I was on snooze watch. I was trying to figure out who was going to doze off 
okay. first. Well, th- speaking of going and hearing church people sing, this is going to be a nice little segue into our first topic. <laughs> just you wait. Um, when I was like nine years old, we went on a family vacation to Yellowstone and we started the trip in Salt Lake City. And we <laughs> flew into Salt Lake City, rented a car, drove the whole rest of the trip. But we were in Salt Lake City for like half a day. And the only like tourist thing we did in Salt Lake City with m- my parents myself and my sister we did a tour of the the temple the lds temple mm-hmm. <laughs> well, obviously we couldn't go in inside the temple because that's a, a privileged thing but we did a tour of like the complex and included in that was uh like the mormon tabernacle choir they weren't there they were like oh. busy they were on tour or something but we like went in the venue and watched a, like a full video of one of their concerts. And it's like, why did we do that? <laughs> oh my goodness. That was, ex- that sounds exhausting. Hard pass on that. But I do hope that the Mormon Tabernacle Choir makes an appearance on season three um, of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Don't you think it's about time? They can perform well, at someone's party. <laughs> well, at this point, I don't know that anybody in the cast is in terribly good standing with the uh, the LTS <laughs> church. We see, <laughs> we see that Heather wants to be like, formal or is it Whitney wants to be like formally excommunicated this season like there's there's a lot going on and I don't know if any of them are really like friends of the church right now I know and and yeah I I think we've lost it I suppose but who knows maybe there'll be a new uh, housewife who will join who will have those connections Perhaps, but um, going back to somebody who is no longer a housewife in Salt Lake City one Mary Cosby there was some news that was positive for her today that her charges were getting dropped for when she was charged with unlawfully providing shelter to a runaway and contributing to the delinquency of a minor. Um, The Salt Lake City assistant prosecutor said that there were evidentiary concerns. um, And Mary took to social media uh, to celebrate her victory saying, I don't live my life to please people. I live my life to please God and to the people (laughs) and to the people who are committed believing lies. (laughs) Kisses. (laughs) It's like, I'm I'm trying to read this caption among the emojis and the probable typos. Like I'm trying to convey it and I don't know if I'm conveying her exact meaning, but I also don't know if she knows exactly what she means when she types. Yeah. I mean, I think that you did a great job. It it is, you have to kind of be a detective sometimes with a a good housewife post, especially one from Mary Cosby with the amount of emojis. Uh, But I think, you know, she seems very happy by this. She said uh, originally through her lawyer that this entire thing was a misunderstanding to begin with. It is kind of confusing what exactly went down, but I'm glad that she was vindicated Yeah. And it's funny because for the whole time that Mary Cosby has been in the public eye, there's been so much conversation about her church and the potential alleged abuse that might have happened there, cult-like stuff, Mary being kind of the leader figure of this sort of seedy church scene and this these charges had nothing to do with that so i think it was a little it was a little strange as a viewer when it was like oh i assumed she was going to go to jail but like for this for this other thing and then it was like oh i don't know about these charges so these ones maybe there will be something else coming down the pike listen i mean when it comes to housewives of salt lake city and legal charges we're now uh one for two so she got out jen shaw not as lucky (laughs) (laughs) mary How much do you want to bet that like this morning, Mary was like, 
damn, if I was only back on that show right now, <laughs> if Jen could see me now. <laughs> oh my goodness. You know, it's, it's, I, I bet she was like that. And I, I am saying this to you earlier because I was, I feel like a little, I forgot that Mary's not going to be a part of this season and I'm really going to miss her. Like I knew that she had left, but she's one of those housewives exits. I wish I could write another, a sequel to the book because she's one of these housewives exits. I still don't really understand why she left, why she didn't show up to the reunion, what the conversations were like behind the scenes. I'm so interested. Right. And she was one of those housewives where, of course, there are problematic sides of her. There are There's toxicity there, potential legal issues, as we've seen and as we've all, you know, seen lots of Reddit threads about. But she was a really important piece of the puzzle for these last two seasons within the cast. And seeing when they dropped the cast photo for this season, that it's really just those five OGs and that none of the new women even made it to full-time status. It's like, Oh damn, we're this is it does feel like it's going to be necessarily kind of a new phase of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City just because the the crew has changed and we don't have all our OGs anymore. Right, it's a totally different world now. We have two Angies. With two <laughs> Angies. I I'm confused already. I'm going to really have a hard time with the Angie thing. I'm not going to lie. Well, yeah, it's like the two Angies don't look anything alike, but then one of the Angies and the other new friend of Dana kind of have like a similar look, you know, both like kind of brunette women. I don't know. Like, I just feel like I, I'm curious to see once we get into the season, whether any of these women are really going to pop on the show or whether it's kind of just like, oh, yeah, they were clearly filming for a while and then just kind of fizzled out. Like what happened with Angie, Angie one last season? Right. Yeah. Where she disappeared, but she's back again. Yeah. That's, or, we don't see that very often where it's like yeah. you get the, you're filming, maybe you're being tested to be a housewife, but then it fizzles out. You don't go on the main cast trip. You don't get invited to the reunion. And then the next season, they're like, I guess we could try her again. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It is kind of wild that that actually went down. Again, there's so much in Salt Lake City that I'm interested in unpacking. I really need a, a, a book too, but I think we still need to wait a little bit, a couple more years to get into it. But I'm dying to know what that story was. And if and I can't think of, as I think through my history of, of doing this, if there were ever, if there was never another person who was kind of like considered, tested, filmed, and then boomeranged in that way. I don't think there was. I mean, there were lots of women who had been considered and never made the cut however many times they auditioned and then eventually right. got on the show. But yeah, she may be the only one. Though I am one of the minority who was hoping that Tracy Johnson got another chance because I thought okay. she'd be a great housewife. I don't know specifically about Tracy. I didn't feel any strong connection toward her. But I do think with... Jersey the last couple seasons, they were kind of in this rut where they weren't finding the right people to join the cast. Clearly, after they had found that solid group in season nine, I think it was, they really, nobody else clicked for the next few seasons. We had uh, Michelle, the realtor, come in. She was a flop. <laughs> Tracy really couldn't get her, you know, onto a foothold. And it almost does feel like we might be in that mode a little bit with Salt Lake City now right. where, you know, last season they brought Jenny on and, you know, however you feel about Jenny's performance during the season, it was untenable for them to keep her on the show. And Correct. then you have this season, three women who I can't imagine they weren't at least considering some of those women 
to be housewives and clearly none of them really did what they needed to do or fit into the the group dynamic enough to really secure that spot. So it does, it always makes me nervous from a casting and longevity perspective when it feels like they're trying and just not finding the right people because like maybe this season will still be amazing, but then a year from now, Jen's in prison potentially who knows what's going to happen with the rest of this group. And it's like, if you can't find anybody to add all of a sudden you're going to be in, you know, deep shit. Yeah, I mean, it is difficult to bring a new person onto an established housewife show, period. And I think the issue is that so many people only view it now looking at Beverly Hills and and the star track, you know, like what celebrities do they want on these shows? Whereas I think you and I, I assume you might agree with me that the best housewives are the ones that you don't know before the Shannon Bedores, the Margaret Josephs, the like, where have these women been? Mm. Um a lot of them, and a lot of times with Tracy, especially Tracy filmed all season as a full-time housewife. They filmed all of her, you know, home storylines and lots of scenes by herself. And then decided kind of really at the last minute that they were going to downgrade her. And I think that, you know, you, you imagine how much story is kept out of there. So the viewer's experience is like, well, she couldn't really find her footing, but I think that we just never yeah. got a chance to see it. Personally on paper, I can't imagine that like Tiki Barber's wife, it was shocking to me that that didn't actually yeah. land. But yeah, I mean, I think they have to keep fighting to find the right people. And it's really difficult to fit into a group, have a voice uh, and not feel like you're, you know, be confrontational and not feel like, like many people will say, what are you, what are you getting involved in this? You know, like it's hard mm-hmm. to do all of that. I'm interested to see how Salt Lake City makes it work this season. Yeah. And speaking of Beverly Hills, the last time they really found someone like that was Sutton. And the same thing happened her first season where she filmed all season as a housewife. And then for, you know, reasons that were out of her control at the last minute, it didn't work out. And that it happened with her too, that she had filmed with her kids, had these scenes at home. And all of a sudden that whole side of her was just chopped off. And I think that first season, a lot of people had tough reactions to Sutton because they were only seeing her in these group dynamics. And as we've seen in the last few seasons, she's not always the the best when she's pushed up in a corner. You know, she could be somebody that is a little hard to love at times. And I think that really did her a disservice, but thankfully they kept her around, whereas obviously Tracy wasn't afforded that. Summer is fast approaching, which means more social events, more weddings to attend, more nights on the town, and hopefully more vacations. That's why I'm so thankful for today's sponsor, Honey Love, for covering us with the best shapewear. With Honey Love, you can feel your best even when you're wearing less. They've revolutionized compression technology, so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear. Plus, they are the only shapewear that won't ever roll down, no matter how much you groove on the dance floor. For a limited time only, you can get Honey Love on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com MIA. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com forward slash MIA. When talking about effective shapewear, Honeylove's best-selling superpower short is the go-to. It has targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas where you need less compression. Their signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. The superpower short is helping ladies everywhere sculpt and smooth from stomach to thigh by offering the perfect amount of compression. You won't have to worry about it rolling down, which is unheard of in shapewear, thanks to flexible boning that's hidden in the 
side seams. This piece is also a booty lifter. Boost bands on the back of the thigh give your bottom an amazing shape. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com MIA. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com MIA. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started, honeys. Shape your life with Honey Love. I am so happy that warmer weather is finally back and we can get back to enjoying some time in the sun. But the springtime always brings those unwanted guests, pollen and seasonal allergies. April showers bring May flowers and also sniffly noses and stuffed up sinuses. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. I have had seasonal allergies for pretty much my entire life. Unfortunately, there are definitely those days where I have canceled my plans because I simply just don't want to be out in the world because of my allergies. But luckily, Claritin is the perfect thing that you can just take at the beginning of the day. And it really helps with all of those symptoms, clearing up your eyes, clearing up your sinuses, clearing up your congestion. It's the easiest way to just get those allergies under control, whether it's in the spring, any other time of year. And it's designed for serious allergy sufferers. Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. While we're talking about this idea of, of housewives moving from various roles to full time, it kind of brings us into Atlanta because I'm so curious what you think this year about Marlo as a full time housewife, somebody who had been confrontational, always was used to kind of stir the pot. And now we saw her home life this season to d- diminishing effects, I think. Yeah, I think it's it's a little bit tricky because I still really enjoy Marlo a lot of the time. I think her her read game is always entertaining. I do think her her issues with Kenya are a longstanding thread on this show that I am glad we've gotten to follow for a long time because I think that is something that builds strong franchises. But I do think in terms of what she was showing us about her private life this season, it it didn't really do anything for her. And if anything, it made her kind of harder to enjoy on that kind of surface. Like, oh, Marlo's so messy. Marlo's so shady. She comes around and she, you know, will, you know, read Kenya down. Like that side of things lost a little bit of its luster when you're seeing the home life. And I think that, I mean, the situation with Michael and William, there's just no real way to set aside the, fucked upness of how that went down. And even Andy, I think on this part of the reunion, you could see that he's trying. I think Andy tries for better or for worse, a lot of the time to stay as neutral as possible. And in in that moment, he was just like, look, hearing you talk about what you went through as a kid, now being a parent, that really resonates with me because I would never want that. So then watching you send these two boys who have been entrusted in your care potentially down a similar path, there's just no real way to reconcile that. And I think at the end of the season, that's kind of what we're left with, that it's like, well, if you're never 
if there's no way for you to ever get along with Kenya again, and we're not loving you on a personal level, it's it is kind of like what do, what do we do about that? Yeah, I think that I think my, what I can see with Marlo is that she's somebody who, for years, wanted to be a housewife. Uh, uh, came and recognized that the only way that she was going to get camera time is if she was messy and angry and started fights and feuds. The fans really rallied behind her to give her this full-time position. The network, you know, agreed, gave her the shot. And I don't think she recognized that doing Housewives as a full-time housewife is much more of a marathon than it is a sprint. You have to pace things out a little bit longer and that this show is really all about reconciliation and you know, conflict and finding ways to move forward. You can see her carrying all the baggage of years and years and years of, you know, when she says, I feel like I was not wanted. It's really about the show. It's about the dynamics of the group. It's feeling like none of these women wanted her, but at the same time, how could they want you if all you were doing is saying horrible things and fighting with everyone all the time and throwing them under the bus. Right. And like when they had, when Marlo was saying, Andy asked where her issues with Kenya started. And she was like, well, she's never, she's never really liked me. The only time she ever kind of allowed me that grace or forgave me for anything was when she didn't want me to be getting along with Portia. And it's funny to hear Portia's name brought up in such a really a throwaway capacity because it's also not about Portia. It's about the show and the group dynamics and the numbers game, you know, like at the end of the day, these women have been on this show for a long time. And even if Kenya didn't, you know, Kenya doesn't care who's friends with Portia. She cares about who's going to have her back on the show. And so I think what we're seeing with Marlo is that maybe there have been some ups and downs in the past, but when it really push comes to shove, Kenya doesn't feel like Marlo is ever going to be that person for her. And so she's never going to, it's not in her best interest to ever really let her in, in a more meaningful way. Yeah, of course. And you know, you have to be able to, you have to be able to work towards that. And Kenya's never going to allow that person there because she doesn't see the end reason for it. What is, what is she going to gain from that? I don't think that Marlo is really genuine in her feelings of wanting to fix it because the truth is the second it gets on good terms, she knows that the next filming, if she needs to make drama, she'll say something negative towards Kenya and Kenya is smart enough to see that. Yeah. And something that I think I, I appreciated about this season sort of as a reset from last year was that overall in the group, there's much less toxicity. There's much less kind of hard lines of people who just don't get along. And last season we saw obviously there was stuff with Marlo, Portia left on pretty t- bad terms with a lot of people, even going back the year before when Nini left on pretty bad terms. This year looking at this reunion, Marlo is the only one who really has these high level fundamental issues with one or more people in the cast. If you look at Drew and Sonya, of course, they're they're bickering, they're arguing, but it doesn't feel that deep. It feels like they're having these disagreements and part of it, maybe it's a storyline, maybe they just aren't each other's type of people, but there's no kind of, there's no darkness there. And I think even with Kenya, we talk about this season, how she had kind of a lighter energy. And I think it it's noteworthy that Marlo is kind of the only person on that couch who is leaving this reunion, not in a good place with most of the cast. 
Yeah, and I thought it was really interesting that Kenya, um, and, and to some extent Candy, seemed to call Marlo out on this fact that there's a huge portion of her life and her past that she has never accounted for. And I thought it was, you know, she, I was very touched by what she was talking about, about the experience of growing up in foster care and how difficult that was for her, both at the end of last reunion and the beginning of this reunion. But you know, when Kenya brings it up, it's such a good point. It's like there is this person who we have known tangentially for season and season and season, boasting about her riches and, and men who we've been aware has a crazy arrest record and has never spoken at all about how she overcame that, what happened to her at the time. Um, and I'm, I almost wanted this season, maybe it'll be the path for next season, I almost wanted some... Danielle Staub book energy around this, you know, like I almost wanted Caroline and Jacqueline and Dina like <laughs> researching and trying, you know, I wanted that sort of like, what's the truth about her past? Because I feel, I don't know another housewife who's been on the show, even in a guest role, as long as she has, who I literally know nothing about her past. Right. And when <laughs> it, when we haven't heard about it for so long and then it, seems to be used as kind of a deflection or as Kenya says, damage control about <laughs> the stuff that we've seen this season. Not, I don't think it subtracts at all from the reality and the, you know, terrible nature of stuff that Marlo has gone through, but there is, it matters when we bring things up, the context in which we bring things up and the way that we're ma potentially manipulating other people with, us saying these harsh things about ourselves. And I think with Marlo, it's hard because I want, I want to have that space where we can really, you know, come around her and, you know, uplift her and value the experiences that she's gone through. But it's hard when it feels like we're only really getting it in a transactional way because mm. she knows she needs to come up with something. And when, when Kenya says it's called damage control and Marlo's response is it's called evil bitch. It's like, <laughs> I don't think Kenya is being evil here. I, I don't think Kenya is being like the nicest, warmest person to Marlo, but I, I don't, I think you'd be hard pressed to find anyone who really thinks that Kenya is being that awful in this situation. It's like, there have been times where I would say Kenya is called evil bitch, but like, it's not today. No, it's not at all. I, and, you know, she brought up such a good point, and so did Candy. What I liked about this reunion is it felt like the fourth wall was really kind of pulled back a lot in, in this case. And and Candy brought it up when she said that, that Marlo was doing that thing where they prep before the reunion, and people tell them, you should say this and you should say this. Now, that is something that I'm very well aware of most housewives do. I wouldn't be surprised if Candy does it to some extent. I think the difference is that Candy isn't somebody who's really swayed by other people telling her what to say, where I think other housewives, and I can name a few, really need that strategy to help them see how to move and maneuver through. Well, and I think Candy is somebody who I'm sure, whether it's for coming from her organically or whether it's somebody that she's working with, I think she is good at seeing how the season plays out and identifying the right things to kind of call out and comment on. And she kind of has that 
producer brain, not in a messy way, but in a way where it's kind of like a professionalism where she knows the right things to say, the right things to do, and doesn't really get caught in things. Whereas I think Marlo, it's like maybe she has gone over with somebody like some reads that she can do or that she should get into her personal story to kind of offset some of the stuff that's happening. But it doesn't really feel like there's kind of like a larger strategy at play and i think that's why you see candy's been on this show she if she sticks around for season 15 as she's teased she will be the longest running full-time housewife ever and the way that she has in large part stayed out of mess over that tenure but has never really been on the chopping block it's not by accident and it's not an easy thing to do thinking about how much mess has gone down on Atlanta in the time that she's been on the show. Yeah, no, I mean, she's incredible. And I, I think it's well-deserved because she's very smart about how she maneuvers. She reveals a lot about her life. I know I feel like, and you may agree, know a lot about her family life, her relationship with Todd, her relationship with her daughter, her stepdaughter, her mother, that's all been revealed. I know what's happening in her career. She seems to be a good friend to everybody, but never really causing massive fallouts confronts people when necessary. I mean, it really is a masterful performance in a lot of ways. Yeah. I, I, we know about the stuff with Riley's father. Like it does feel like she, she's not somebody who necessarily is coming on and is bringing us all the baggage at one time. But the fact that she's been on the show for such a long time and really has opened up about different things here and there, you don't get the sense that there's really skeletons in the closet and that's why that's why the whole like she sucked dick in a locker room thing kind of to me falls flat a little bit like it's a funny soundbite like obviously it's entertaining to hear like well she sucked dick everywhere so of course she sucked dick in a locker room but like you don't really feel like there's some big dark secret that's coming around the corner for candy no but but how do we still not know who wrote that that Oh my Drives god! Me like, nuts. Is there not like a is there not a third camera angle where they can see when the ladies were were like writing out on the pieces of paper? Come on, can we get some handwriting analysis? Like, <laughs> I know. I mean, the producers were airing everybody's receipts this season, as as noted at this reunion. They held everyone uh, to the fire, so I was surprised that this just got away from everyone that we didn't confront it. Especially, you remember Andy like teased in on Watch What Happens Live. He was like, "We're gonna get to the bottom of this at the reunion." We never did, right? It's like I don't. It's not even like something like Snakegate that happened a couple seasons ago, where <laughs> like maybe we don't know a hundred percent of all the details, but we kind of know who who's in the in the direction to point the finger at like on this it's like there's only six of them and nobody (laughs) is nobody is saying anything so it's like okay like i guess we're just never gonna know and and i i guess candy's not really that upset about it so it's it doesn't feel like it's this dark cloud hanging over the the group five but it is kind of like this is the reunion like we're supposed to get the we're supposed to get the tea. I know, and I just wanted to find out so that Ken, so that Candy could have turned and said, "You said that." <laughs> <laughs> I was like praying that that's what we got. <laughs> Bitch, I suck dick worldwide. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a T-shirt I will buy. Put that on. Okay, Candy. maybe maybe we can uh, we can put that in the Betches merch store. <laughs> um, I'll have to get that one approved. <laughs> I did. I do enjoy watching Drew Sedora's 
performances because I think she is somebody who kind of falls in the middle of like a Candy and a Marlo that it doesn't necessarily feel like we're getting the full picture of everything that's going on in her personal life. But I do really appreciate that we are seeing how messy things are. And I don't really, I feel like when she does make excuses, she kind of knows that you're seeing through it. And I, I love watching her squirm. Like it just is, Oh, it's so perfect. Her saying when they're asking about Ralph being on playing football in college and her opening response to that is just, well, he's an athlete. You can tell, just look at him. And it's like, Drew, (laughs) Drew, please. You had months to prepare for this. That's what you ended up with. Yeah. (laughs) She needed a better coach. Um, I completely agree with you. I mean, my issue with Drew has always been, I am the biggest Drew Sedora fan as an actress. I've seen step up a million times. I think she's incredible in it. I I was so disappointed because I feel like she's she's so hanging on to that acting that she can't let go of playing a role and she's sh- trying so hard to script this narrative and it's just been difficult but I am glad that I stuck it out with her I I think that this was a better season she's growing and I think by next season I think she'll really be giving us something that will be fun to watch I think she will lose it <laughs> you know what I, I mean? Also, Lose yeah. the control of her character is what I mean. Like just right. be natural. And I think Andy has said this that what he always tells people is that if you come on the show, the longer you stay on the show, if you have skeletons in the closet, they're gonna come out sooner or later. And with Drew, it's like we don't quite know if there are skeletons in the closet, but at the very least, the closet is dirty. Like there's there's like the closet needs to be swept. And I feel right. like it does feel with the amount of questionable things that we've seen about her marriage with Ralph and her business ventures seeming kind of mysterious slash made up. It does feel like there's got to be some climax to these storylines if she stays on the show long enough and like I don't think she's going anywhere if she has anything to say about it. So no, I don't think she is either, but boy, 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 did she fall flat with this whole Anthony thing? I mean, she felt so proud of herself sitting there playing that voicemail from him, uh, that voice memo or whatever that was. And then the second Sheree got him on the phone, it was like, Oh, I mean, I would be, I would crawl under a rock if that happened to me. Right. There is a certain art to like, you can't just have the one receipt and then rest on your laurels for a year until the reunion. Like you have to do a little bit of witness prep. (laughs) Like sure. Whatever happened between this season and between this reunion, I don't know if Sheree finally found a way to make a payment to Anthony or if there, if there was just a nice conversation, I don't know. I'm not alleging anything, but it's like, (laughs) whatever happened when, when the moment came, Sheree got him on FaceTime and he said exactly what she wanted him to say. And so it's like drew like this voicemail. We don't know when it's from, we don't know the, the context. Whereas we've got Anthony literally on FaceTime saying everything to corroborate Sheree's side of the story. It's not, it did fall flat. Yeah. She lost the witness for sure. And I have never seen Andy Cohen less interested in giving somebody a platform at a reunion. He was like, okay, we're done with you. You said everything you need to say. Like he did not want to entertain the Anthony of it all period. He was over it. I don't think they even showed his face on the FaceTime, which to, to me, that's like the ultimate, 
that's the ultimate like you're not getting anything out of this is like okay so we'll we'll leave this in because it feels relevant to the storyline but we're not even showing one little flash of your face on the screen <laughs> i know he really got uh he really got the short end of the stick there but that's what you get for trying to be a mess <laughs> at least they didn't like invite him to the reunion and not use him a la tracy johnson again <laughs> oh my god poor tracy i feel bad that she's the punching bag in that sense because there's certainly been other people who had like no time on the show who it at least showed a little bit of i think of uh yeah you know um what's her name from potomac last season we saw her for like 10 seconds oh um escala escala who i love um i thought she was gonna be back this year i was surprised when she got shut out completely because she seemed she got in the mix a little bit you know she was fun yeah well i think you will see her this next season but just not in a formal capacity okay um, I <laughs> I am uh, – what do you think about Manietta, I guess, not – I don't know if she wasn't invited to the reunion or <laughs> any thoughts about that? Do you, I mean, are you- it's so strange to me as well. This is what – I don't – I didn't even really understand. She didn't seem to be a full-time friend of, so I guess she was just a recurring guest. Somebody they were likely scouting for a full-time housewife and decided at a certain point that they needed to cut back on, but – she seemed to still have so many connections with these women. I'm kind of sad that she wasn't around. Yeah, it always is an interesting dynamic when you can tell that somebody is genuinely a friend of the women, but doesn't click in the way that they really need a friend of. To, <laughs> that it's yeah. like sometimes you, somebody not getting screen time or not getting asked back or to the reunion or anything like that it's not a reflection. Like you could be besties with these women off camera. You could be in the group chat, you could be whatever, but like at a certain point, the producers are like, "Mm, I think we're good on her. And sorry, Candy, your, your friend doesn't get to come to the events anymore. Yeah. And they really do, by the way, for those listening, like on the back end, they get told they can't come. A lot of times, uh, housewives will want to bring friends of theirs along and producers will say, no, we don't need them there. We don't need them there because they don't want to have to shoot around them all the time. So that happens a lot. Right. And that when when people do kind of pop back up and make cameos, that's not just like an, an accident. <laughs> yes, it's not an accident. It's always planned in some capacity. But it's funny because I, I think that she's somebody who obviously had potential. I just wish... I don't know. It's like I, I didn't want the show to fall back into its previous habits. Remember there was that one season, maybe even last, where there was like five housewives and five friends of, and it was yes, like it was it was last season because we only had yeah. five full time housewives, but then we had Latoya was coming around, Marlo was still there, um Tanya, Tanya was there at the beginning of the season, Shamia was still lurking in the corner, and <laughs> it was just it's even if these women are great on their own or have you know, one standout moment. Oh, and then they brought on Fallon at a certain point in the season. It's just, it's, it's too many bodies to keep track of and too many people to be invested in. And I think with, that's going to be an interesting thing following up this season of Beverly Hills. It's similarly a cast of 10 when you have Kathy and Cherie. And it's like, I don't think that that is a sustainable situation and it'll be very very curious to see kind of which way the wind blows in terms of them making some some trims here and there. Well, what do you think about Atlanta? I mean, everyone is rumored to have been asked back next season. Uh, are there some that you think should stay, some you think should go? 
I actually feel like this is a season where I don't think anybody needs to be fired. I don't I don't think obviously I think Marlo is the one who kind of has had the most chatter around in terms of like, oh, she is full time and it was a flop season and she didn't deliver what we wanted her to. And I think that's definitely accurate in a way. But also I think I think you have to value these women that have been around for a long time and have these real connections with the other women, whether they're positive or negative or what have you. But I think Marlo does is valuable to the group just in that she is a legitimately a member of this group. And I think what we were talking about earlier in the show, when you bring in these new women, they have, it's, you know, there's so much potential. It could be amazing. You could cast somebody new and they're an iconic housewife and they're a fan favorite and all of this stuff. But also you could put, you could invest so much time and effort into casting new people and then just for whatever reason they don't click and then if you've fired two other people you're really left back at square zero and I think I don't think this season was rough enough to really merit any kind of shakeup. I would love I would love for them to you know experiment with a couple of new people but I really don't think they need to go to the drawing board after this season really at all yeah I feel the same way though I'm still like I think as longtime viewers of the show, we're missing, maybe not her, but we're missing the energy of a Nini, the energy of a Portia, the energy of a Phaedra. And I really, I, I don't necessarily think any of those women should come back, but I really want them to find somebody in Atlanta who has that energy. Think of someone like Quad, right? Somebody mm-hmm. who, from Married to Medicine who, you know, uh, or maybe even any of those married to medicine women who normally you wouldn't imagine in the spotlight, those sorts of personalities I would love to see introduced into this group rather than finding another drew or, uh, you know, a Sanya or anybody else who has a spot, a a career already in the spotlight. Yeah. And I think what you, those three people that you just named, one thing that they all have in common is that they were really good at providing commentary on what was happening on the show, whether it was, on their own scenes or on somebody else's scenes or being shady or just being funny, all three of them could get in that confessional chair and really just lay it down. And I think we still have, it's not like the people that are on the show currently are, you know, non-factors when it comes to that type of thing. But I don't think you have that kind of one person that is always hitting the slam dunks in the confessional chair. Like I think even looking at like, a Bethany or a Giselle, half the cast of Potomac. I mean, <laughs> you're kind of missing that that big personality that's really going to just tell it like it is. And I think you're right that like somebody like Quad is that kind of person where like whatever she's saying, I might disagree with her, but she's probably going to make me laugh. And I'm probably going to be glad that she's there to give her take. <laughs> right, exactly. And even like I think of... Um, Chanel Ayan from from Dubai, like just yeah. that sort of like irresistible charisma. That's what I'm missing in this show. Just somebody who has that like, where have you been all my life? Right, and like when when Kenya's in her love and light era, it's like we we're we're, we're, we're struggling a little bit. We need a, yeah. a little more material. Come right, on, yeah. I know we need some delusions. 
Splash refreshers are the delicious zero-calorie beverage I'm reaching for again and again when I'm feeling thirsty for something flavorful. I believe in the three-beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash spices it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. Lately, my go-to office beverage has been the Splash Wild Berry flavor. It's so nice to just put a few in the fridge at the beginning of the week. Grab one whenever you want something nice and refreshing. It's just the right amount of flavor, just the right amount of sweetness. You know the vibes. When you want something refreshing, when you want something hydrating, Splash is the perfect thing to reach for. It perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. And it's available in five craveable flavors. Wild Berry, that's my favorite, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. It's there to satisfy your need for hydration with a little flavor. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? Well, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Before we finish up, I just want to touch really quickly on uh, a bittersweet piece of news, Bravo adjacent from over the weekend. David Bedore is... A single man once again because he and Leslie are getting a divorce. Oh, I was so happy for Shannon when I heard this news. <laughs> well, I can give you some tea about this. I mean, uh, okay. why not? Shannon was in the middle of filming when she found out. God, so I, we are getting, I like to hear. I know it's I like great. to hear more than that. <laughs> there was they were at an all cast event, so not only were we going to get Shannon's reaction, we're going to get Heather's and Tamara's and everybody at the same time. I'm really excited to see how this all plays out. Um, but yeah, I I was shocked. I mean, this is the woman who David started dating really months after the split. I think they split in September, and he was he went public with their relationship in in uh january they were together for i think they're five years together but only 23 months married so they have a lot in there now i do know that there has been from what i've heard um some strained relationships between leslie and his daughters that may have kind of aided in this i'd be interested to see if that you know resolves itself now that leslie yeah. may not be in the picture anymore but whew, i mean yeah, this is a been, divorce it's been interesting to see the last couple seasons on OC Shannon's daughters have been much more active participants in the show. So that could be potentially a really interesting storyline to follow on next season. And I'm definitely excited to see Shannon's reaction. I know. I mean, she tried, she, as she sent that baby gift, I think she did the right thing by trying to mend fences with Leslie, but you know, they, I think they've never even met. Uh, I, well, like, I mean, you would know better than me, but I definitely think last time it was brought up on the show, it was it was basically no contact ever. So I yeah, I don't, I don't think that it's was wild. <laughs> I mean, listen, I don't wish anybody, listen, relationships, breakups, those things are all really difficult and hopefully they can both find peace. There's a kid involved and everything, but I'd be interested to see 
what's really happening. Because my my impression watching what went down was, yeah, there's things about Shannon that's kind of, she's kind of a pain in the ass in that marriage with David. Like, you could see that and be like, right. yeah, you're kind of annoying. But it really felt like David had a total um, midlife crisis. It really felt like, you know, he got really very involved in fitness. And then he was, like, gaslighting her and the whole, like, I'm fine, but not touching her like all that sort right. of weird behavior it felt like he wanted out of that marriage and now the grass ain't greener so i don't think he's going to come uh, back to shannon but i do think this is somebody who needs to still address the issues probably what drove him to uh this little midlife relife in the first place the grass ain't greener or being naked in the woods with somebody else isn't, isn't greener. <laughs> listen at least they gave us that i will forever how disgusting it is will forever uh, appreciate that bit of nonsense yeah thanks for the memories david and leslie and dave thank you so much for stopping by always a pleasure um everybody go buy dave's book not all diamonds and rose if you're listening to this podcast it's clearly a must read for you um but dave thank thank you so much thanks so much Dylan. i can't wait to see you soon I will love to see you soon. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and follow the show wherever you listen. You can follow us on Instagram at Bravo by Betches. And until next time, be cool. Don't be all like uncool. Mention It All is produced by Dylan Hafer, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales Pico, and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Social media by Dylan Hafer. Guest booking by Dylan Hafer and Ali Friedlander. Be sure to follow at Bravo by Betches on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you to our sponsor, Splash Refresher. Meet the water beverage that loves self-care as much as you do. Just because you have to hydrate doesn't mean it has to be tasteless. Splash Refresher makes hydration deliciously easy. Splash perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. I am going to go grab myself a Wildberry Splash now that I am done recording, and you should too. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches.